Education today can be difficult and draining and amazing and fulfilling and so many things all wrapped into one. The dynamics of what we do can leave us needing every ounce of inspiration and motivation we can get. I've been a principal and educator for over 25 years, and I find my motivation and inspiration in many different places. As a principal, I often find it's my job to inspire and motivate and energize the team around me. I have to be the principal inspiration of my school, but what things inspire me as a principal? Welcome to Principal Inspiration, a podcast for educators. I'm your host, Rick Hunt, and these are my thoughts about the people and the stories, anecdotes, observations, and conversations that are my principal inspiration on any given day. My sincere hope in sharing is that you might be inspired as well. I hope this podcast leaves you feeling energized, challenged, and ready to go be awesome. Our students deserve nothing less. So here's the snapshot. Two boys laying across a game board on the carpeted uh, floor of their living room. There's a there's a couch behind the two boys. Uh, you know they, they're both laying on their stomachs, um, facing each other. Legs kicked up. In the background, you can see the window, and outside it's pouring down rain. And these two young lads of let's say six or seven and maybe four um, are, are laying there playing a game a serene and perfect setting something any mother would love to see their two, her two young sons enjoying a game board game during the rainstorm rather than fighting or doing something else wonderful this was probably somewhat maybe the scene that my brother and I uh, were, were, were involved in on the first time that he beat me at Candyland. I don't know if my brother remembers this story, but I do. Um, we were playing Candyland, and he drew the card. Working, I'm, I was in the lead. I was doing well. I was working through all the different um, levels of the Candyland. I'd gone past the uh, crooked old peanut brittle house. I was moving into uh, getting close to that lollipop woods. And he drew the dreaded card. He drew the ice cream floats card, which moved his piece from, I think he was still some back down in the gumdrop mountains. And he jumps ahead to the lolly, to the, to the ice cream floats uh, area, which puts him on the final stretch towards the candy house and the wind. Now, being the older brother, I did not like to lose to my younger brother. In fact, I'm going to be real honest with you. I was a competitive kid. I didn't like to lose anything. I don't care what it was. I didn't like to lose it. I can remember. I hope my mom doesn't remember this, but I, I clearly do. Birthday party. We were my, Some of my friends were over. I don't remember how old I was. Uh, we lived in, in, in the first house grew up in in Kettering that I can recall. And, and some neighborhood kids had come over. I want to say I was probably just a little bit before kindergarten or probably kindergarten age. Maybe there's some of my kindergarten classmates that come over. And we were playing a game where you had to put a clothespin on your forehead and lean out over a jar. And you dropped the clothespin from placement on your forehead down into the jar. And if you landed it in the jar, you got a prize. Well, I wanted the prize. I mean, one, I was the birthday boy. I deserved the prize just because it was my birthday. And two, I didn't like to lose anything. Well, one of my friends landed their clothespin in the jar and won the prize. And well, that competitive 
side of me came out in an ugly fashion, as it has done many times since. <clears throat> I lost my cool and pitched a fit and got put in timeout. That was not one of my brightest moments. And here, when my brother and I were playing Candyland, I can promise you it probably wasn't my brightest moment either. In fact, I can remember flipping the board. Now, if you are not a gamer, you probably don't know the uh, terminology for flipping the board. It's a horrible thing to do when you're playing Risk and you've got all the little pieces spread out and you realize suddenly you're going to lose. And rather than lose, you just grab the edge of the board, you flip that board over and you spread all the pieces out. Nobody can replace them back to where they were. Game over. I didn't lose. Nah, 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 boo, boo. Um, and you walk away angry and Whoever you flip the board on is probably angry at you and they never want to play with you again. You know, losing doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. I don't like it. I don't want to lose. I'm, I'm, I'm a competitive person. I should be able to push myself to win. And that competitive drive has actually been helpful to me. I played a number of different sports. I can remember several different things that it that I went into that I wasn't the best, but I wanted to be better so that I did not lose and embarrass myself in a situation. And that forced me or created a, a, a some motivation within me to do better. I'm not saying that having a competitive drive is bad. What I do want to challenge us on is, do we allow losing to be okay? Now, let's be honest. Uh, I, I'm, I'm telling this story today on the inauguration of Joe Biden as president. And in the backdrop, you've got the outgoing Trump presidency, who's pitched to fit the whole way out. Man doesn't like to lose. Let's be honest. He has, if you, if you study Trump at all, and I at some point read his book, um, and this was years ago, and, and I read that book around his, uh, The Power of Making a Deal. I can't remember the title off the top of my head right now, but th this is, it told the idea that he is a competitive person who believes that he's got an edge because he pushes himself to be the best and move into a situation from, an, from an, a, a position of power, and he's going to win. He's going to win whatever he drives himself to do. He didn't like the fact that he lost the election. This is not a political statement. This is purely fact. If you watched how it went down, and whether you're on one side and believe there's some kind of falsehoods and he was somehow cheated, and if you're on the other side that thinks he's just being ridiculous, whatever it is, it is clear this man didn't like to lose. And this brought to this the front of my mind thinking about the idea, oh, this happens a lot. And social media makes it worse. We constantly see people pitching a fit and stomping their feet when something happens that makes them feel like their team, their tribe, their group, whatever it is, should have won or gotten something that they didn't. Recently went on a, uh, a rant about instant replay um, and how it's created this idea that we can always look backwards and find the fault somewhere that will help provide the correct advantage to get my team to where it needs to be. Your call was a mistake. You had it wrong. There's absolutely no way that the receiver did not catch the ball like he should, and he deserves to receive those yards so that my team can advance towards the win. 
please pull it up on replay. Please make sure that Mr. Referee, you call it the way I see it and the way this particular pundit on the on the TV on the sports broadcaster uh, calls it. Don't listen to that other guy. He's wrong. He sees something different. He's blind. He's got something in his eye. But please, Mr. Referee, call it my way. Go back and watch the TV or watch the video monitor. You know, it's like we've got caught in this loop of wanting everything to have a replay or a recount or or to retell it in a way that creates the narrative that will support my ability to call it the way I want it, which is for me to win or my team to win or my tribe to win or my group to win or my politics to win or whatever it is. Where do we make it okay to lose? Not in many places. We tell our kids that they have to be number one. We tell our kids that they have to be the best they can be. We tell our kids that they have to do everything they can to get everything they should, to be everything that they need to be in life. We push, we drive. We have sports leagues at the elementary level that are so competitive that they drive out any opportunity for other kids to ever get to play a sport just to learn and have fun. Once they get to middle school and high school, if you haven't been in competitive athletics throughout your elementary career, you will never get to play in middle school. And there's no possible way you'll get to compete on a high school team and for a specific position. I didn't have that growing up. I was able to play on a peewee league, and the peewee league was fun, and I remember a lot of good times. I remember some really cool things. I remember winning some games. I remember losing some games. In middle school, I went out for football and continued that, and, and I got pretty good at it. I eventually got to go to Butler University on a scholarship for playing football. My competitiveness in that drove me. I lifted hard. I ran hard. I, I played hard. I probably acted like a fool on occasion on the field and probably did some things I'm, I, if I really look back at I shouldn't have done to be, be the best guy on the field. Um. I got a lot out of that competition. I got a lot out of the drive to win, to be the best. But I also lost some games. It didn't train wreck my life. It didn't didn't tear me up. It didn't make make me uh, a loser. Through that competitiveness, I was able to get a scholarship. I was able to go to school, and I was able to move on. And now those scholarships have become so competitive in nature that it is impossible for some kids to even compete for that opportunity. And we look back at sports and what they really, I believe, were intended to be at a young age was to allow you to do some physical activity, to enjoy some competition, to learn to win and to lose, to learn to be a good sport, to learn to deal with some things like team play. That, hey, this guy on the team is really, really good and talented in this area. This guy might not be quite as talented, but we're all going to work together and we're going to stretch ourselves to be the best we can be in a cooperative fashion to win or to lose. Maybe you went out for ice cream if you... I, I did this when I was in Little League. I, I, I finally hit a ball. I didn't like baseball. Man, that ball came at you pretty fast when the kid pitched it. And the kid was like, I remember the... The kid, whoever it was, I don't remember his name, but I remember one of the first games I was in, and I get the bat up on my shoulder, and this kid looked like he had a mustache on the mound. I think he was probably, you know, like 10 years old, but he had a mustache, I swear, and he was 6 feet 3, and he could throw the ball 93 miles an hour. And it came at me like a rocket, and I didn't like that ball coming at me, and I was a little spooked or scared by it. I didn't want to get hit by the ball. I drove myself, pushed myself to stay at the plate. I smacked the ball. 
parents were excited for me. They congratulated me. I, th- I think we went out for ice cream, if I remember right. The sports program, the activity built me up. I, I challenged myself to do things I didn't necessarily like to do all the time. I stretched myself. I grew through that. I believe it made me a better person, both because I won a lot of games and because I lost a lot of games. didn't like to lose, but I learned how to grow through that. Nobody ever told me that I was a complete and utter loser if I wasn't the absolute best. My parents didn't actually drive me to be in sports. I'm pretty sure I drove them nuts because I wanted to play sports. Nobody told me in high school that I had to work and, 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 and do everything to be the best I could be at football so that I got that scholarship to go to a good school. I think my parents would have supported me either way if I decided that that was the end of my career at high school and I wanted to go to college. I know we, we talked about the idea that that was my, an opportunity I had to go to a really good school. But there was never this pressure that that was the end-all, be-all, that I had to be the best so that I could get to the best school or I could be on the best sports team. My parents let me try a lot of different things. I was on the swim team growing up. I played baseball. I didn't like baseball that much. Switched over to softball. I wrestled for a while. And all the time they were there and they cheered me on. Whether I won or whether I lost, they allowed me to compete and have fun. Back to that story. My brother and I are laying there. We're playing He draws out the ice cream floats, and he gets to that last row, and he's moving across, and I flip the board and pitch to fit. Now, I don't remember being scolded by my mom for that, but I do remember the look on my brother's face. He was was hurt. He was upset. He was angry. He had beat me, and then he realized he had beat me, and he got that little glint in his eye, and he was excited, and he was happy, and you know, wouldn't I have been a better big brother to reach over and high-five him and say, man, good job. I was a terrible big brother. I flipped the board and probably called him a couple names and stomped off and thrown a fit, but I remember that little glint in his eye, a little excitement that he had that he'd finally beaten his big brother at Candyland. I'm sure it was the first time he beat me at anything and probably the last time if I had my way about it. That competitive spirit can be a good thing can also be a bad thing if we can't look across at the person that just beat us at whatever it is and recognize that within them they've just done something pretty great you know i don't know i being a competitive person this is hard for me to say but sometimes it's okay to lose and sometimes you learn more from losing than you do from winning We talk to the kids all the time about the idea that making mistakes is better for you in in the learning process than always getting everything right. That if you're getting things right consistently, you're actually not stretching or growing. You're kind of just affirming what you already know. If you're making mistakes, you're learning and, and having to think through the process to begin to get that right. You're having to learn to move forward. I think we have got to do a good job and how we are raising our kids to be better losers. You know, one of the images here, this is playoff time in the NFL, and uh, my Colts are out, and I'm watching different playoff games, and I I just get excited. I just love this time of year. I love watching college uh, football playoffs. I love watching the bowl games. I love watching the NFL playoffs. And one of the neat things that I think I see each and every week is as they're closing out the game, you begin to see some of the players 
they pan around and they're showing all the different scenes where players are shaking hands or they're talking to each other after the game. And when you see a couple of players genuinely from the opposite team, genuinely talking and laughing, it's like, hey, shouldn't you be angry? This guy just beat you. Hey, maybe that was his roommate from college that he's excited he got to actually play against or compete against. Yeah, I'm sure during the moment, during the game, he all of these guys are competitive or they wouldn't be professional ball players. But they also recognize at the end of the game, after it's over, I can be happy for that guy across the field. You know, I can, I can be proud of that. I love when the two coaches come together and you can genuinely tell that one coach, while he's upset the fact that his team didn't get where they needed to be, he's genuinely excited or okay to congratulate the other coach. I hate it when I see a coach who who, who just completely turns out, a, like the other guy did something nefarious or dastardly or terrible. Now, if it's Bill Belichick, they might. Sorry, if you're a Bill Belichick fan. He's an awesome coach, no doubt. But I think he does dastardly things. I think he's a cheater. <clears throat> that is just Rick Hunt's narrative. Again, not trying to be political. Um, I was a Tom Brady. I hated the guy. He beat my Colts all the time going up with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. And who's the GOAT? I'm going to tell you Tom Brady's the GOAT. The guy's amazing. He's down in Tampa Bay, second team taking that team up through the playoffs. He's amazing. And for all my Colts buddies out there, I'm sorry, but Tom Brady is just fabulous and all that he's done in his career. I just got to get that off my chest because I will tell you, I kicked and stomped and threw fits over and called Tom Brady a cheater and everything else in the book. I probably posted a few things on Facebook about it. I've talked to friends about it and I was so upset that my Colts lost because I'm competitive and I want my team to be the best. At the end of the day, when does it become okay just to say, you know what, that guy's really good. He's amazing at what he does. He plays the game better than anybody's ever played it at his position. A lot of people can argue that. A buddy of mine, um, Ben Tapper, and I argue over whether Michael Jordan or LeBron are the best ever at basketball. And there's a lot of stats and data you can pull to compare. Michael is still the best, Ben. Sorry, that's just the way it is, and he will always be the best. Um, and LeBron's just the newest, but he's not the best. Uh, you know. And we argue and we fuss about it. At the end of the day, LeBron James is a really good basketball player. Not the best, but he's a really good basketball player. And I need to recognize that. Ben needs to recognize Mike, Michael Jordan is the GOAT. <clears throat> There's a little competition. See it coming out? It just emerges in everything I do. Here's the thing. I joke about that and I have fun with it. Ben and I are also on opposite sides of a lot of political items. Ben and I would challenge each other's thinking on a number of things. And at times I have to admit he's right. And at times I have to admit I'm wrong. I hope that Ben can admit on some things that maybe I've got a little bit of an idea. Whether it be in politics, whether it be in uh, your work in any area in your professional life, if there's somebody who can do it better, do you undercut, drive, backstab, or do the things you need to do to make sure that person fails so that you can succeed? Or do you congratulate and recognize that they're lifting everybody up and they're causing your game to have to be better? Isn't that what it is? I had this guy in high school. don't remember his name. I remember what he looked like. Um, he looked like this big, giant guy who liked to knock the crap out of me. I was an offensive guard. 
And I, I would pull on occasion around the end, step back. If you, if you don't know football, uh, the guard is the guy right next to the center, the guy who snaps the ball on offense. My job was to block for the back or, or to help open the hole up for the play. And so I would step back, come around the end, and he, this guy was a linebacker on an opposing team. And I, we would butt heads and crack into each other. And for a couple of years, that rivalry was there. He was one of the best, and I was pretty good guard. I got to play all city. I got, again, got to go on a scholarship. I was competitive. I got to play with him on an all-star team. Finally, I didn't have to be the guy who was going to run into him because it hurt. Uh, He was good and he was strong. And I really enjoyed going up against him. And in practice, when it wasn't competitive, I finally got to be around this guy. I just, I learned to like him. I had hated him. When I was on the opposing, I'd never taken the time to recognize, you know what? He lifted me up. He made me a better ball player because I knew at some point I was going to have to play across from him. And I hated the fact that his name was in the paper as the all-star linebacker. And I wasn't getting a whole lot of credit for being a guard across from him. And if I could knock the snot out of him and push him out out of bounds, I knew that was going to show up. That I was going to be the guy who knocked the crap out of the best linebacker in the city, right? Like, he raised my game. I wanted to be better because of him. Don't know if I ever told him that. But, boy, I sure enjoyed playing on the all-star team with him. And and actually laughing about some of that with him. I, I believe he went on to play a Division One college ball. He was that good. Um, it took playing on the same team for me to recognize that. There are a number of times in my life where I've watched someone else get something that I really wanted and felt defeated, but I would still never consider myself a loser. Do we teach kids that anymore? Do we take the time in schools to call that out, to help students understand good sportsmanship? When do we stop the madness a little bit? When do we stop berating and belittling our schools over the grades they're getting because of the, the the circumstances or situation they're in. Where do we stop bashing and and pushing back and doing things that that we've got to be the best, we've got to be this, we've got to be that. I'm not saying again that you shouldn't strive to be better, to grow, but where do you make competition appropriate? Where do you make sure that you build it into the right type of mindset of helping yourself be better, but at the same time not tearing those around you down. I just watched the end of a presidency where the entire goal was to belittle, bash, and degrade our democracy in its entirety just because I didn't get the outcome that I wanted. Folks, I don't know. And again, I'm not being political in in saying this, what I'm trying to do is is recognize this is not okay behavior for someone who's supposed to be the leader of our nation. At the end of the day, for them to say, na-na-na-boo-boo, flip the board and walk away. That's not okay. That's not the society I want to live in. And I want to teach my students to be better, and I want to find a way as a principal in my school to ensure that the Things that we do offer an opportunity, one, for competition, because I do believe in it. I believe students should be allowed to compete. I don't believe everybody gets a trophy. That's a problem, too. If we try to make everybody a winner all the time, that's not going to work out well when you lose and you don't know how to deal with that loss. When do we teach kids to be better sportsmen and recognize sometimes I just don't get what I want? 
when is it a better time to help our kids recognize that it's not about win or lose, it's how you play the game. But at the end of the day, it's how you win or how you lose when you play the game that's most important. Do you win well? And do you lose well? Do we teach our kids that in school? Because if we do and if we support our kids, then they're going to grow up to be better people who can handle a debate where they're not quite going to be the one that's going to be right. They don't have to be right all the time. It's good to feel that way maybe and have competition and want to work to where you can feel like you're doing the things that will make you a winner to make you right. But at the end of the day, you're also okay with not being. And maybe opening up and recognizing that you're wrong or there's something that isn't quite perfect or whatever it is. I know I'm rambling a little bit here, but I'm going to be honest with you. I'm mad about what I saw the last few weeks. I'm mad about how we have created this idea that if I lose, it is perfectly all right for me to flip the board and walk away. It is perfectly okay for me to be that guy. I don't like it. I don't think it's appropriate for our kids. I don't think it's appropriate for our society. And I hope with all that I am, that as administrators in our school, as teachers in our schools, that we will step back, look at this, learn from it, and find ways to help our kids do better. That they recognize that it isn't just how we play the game, win or lose. No, it's after we play the game, it's how we won or how we lost. If we do that, we've done better for our kids and they don't deserve anything less. <laughs>